crippling thoughts and dramatic mysteries, wonderful worlds of fantasy, denying love of the heart that beats within your chest, or is it just your imagination? Let's dive into a world of novels as we read books from all over, from writing and reading reviews to interviews, one-on-one sessions, and honest writing opinions. Let's keep it real on Mystical Mode. everyone, it's Righteous Reaper. It's great to be back hosting today's episode. If you're not familiar with me, hi, I go by Righteous. I narrate and manage the actors for the Mystical Mode podcast and occasionally, like today, host. Today we have a great story, The Awakening by D.N. Frost. Their bio reads, I'm a published author, freelance editor, and creative mentor. Ask me about a story consultation at www.dnfrost.com services or use the support me link to buy my first novel, Awakening. Now that we know our author a little bit, let's hop into the story. What's good, you guys? Mystic here, and I bet you guys are wondering how to promote your stories. Well, look no further. The Mystical Mode podcast is now accepting author submissions and ad placement on the podcast. So, if you guys want your book to be shared on a podcast episode for a quick 30-second ad, feel free to email me at mysticalmodepodcast at gmail.org, sending your submissions for your ad placements. Catch you guys later. Chapter 1. The Colic Mountains Laren began to count off the calendar years, reducing her thoughts to something meaningless until she could get some room to think. He'd have to sleep sometime, and as long as she could return to the port city, she could still stow away. To that end, she pushed herself up to spot the port mirroring the coast behind them. They bore through the mountains, following a road that zagged back to the city and just past the town crags crumbled into a vast expanse of cold sand dunes. With the port nearly impossible to overshoot, Laren settled back to pluck shards of stone from her bleeding feet. Amused by the girl's overt tallies and distorted thoughts of escape, the elf flew on, minutes stretched into silent hours as the port fell away and the sun burst ahead, sinking to the horizon. Still, Laren counted, until the elf brought his dragon into a sharp bank, using a mental tug to send the beast circling down. Beyond the scaled wings, Laren caught glimpse of a sandy racetrack cut into the mountainside, and a sprawling complex of stables along one edge of it. Across the road sat a small stone keep, a reddish glow seeping out its window slits to greet the encroaching twilights. A thud signaled their landing, and the elf tugged at her feet, stepping into the dragon's raised foreclaw. Anxious to keep him mollified, Laren stumbled to the edge of the shoulder and jumped into the elf's waiting arms, diverting her revulsion into more focused counting. With a sharp scoff, he scooped her up like a katana bride, and hopped to the road since it was close, striding through the waning light to keep massive entrance. While the great stone door swung open, Laren absorbed details of the keep's layout, loud numbers still at the forefront of her mind. A faint scent like rain and lightning wafted off the elf as he carried her across the threshold, and Laren battled panic at the distinctive whiff of magic. Behind them, the heavy door settled back into place of its own accord, sealing them inside. Elaborate tapestries muffled the walls, depicting a string of demonic battles embroiled in gold and silver. 
far from gentling the stone. The graphic hangings steeped the hall in an eerie stillness that rang with the imagined clang of cold steel. Unmoved, Laren's new master made for a doorway near the crowning of a strange elf warrior, whose white horse tail and coal black skin were all but coated in blood. Boots stomping across the worn skins thrown over the floor, the elf carried her down the next hall, following the bloody king as he rode a terrible beast to war. They moved past the slaughter of town and village, until the people bowed to the warrior king, and demons hoisted him high on a throne of skulls. They reached the kitchen, and a frigid burst of wind startled Laren out of the massacre around her. Halfway out a back door to throw scraps to the wyverns penned there, a stow-headed slave looked up at them, but she paled in moments and averted her eyes. Then the doorway ended, and the tapestries closed over them once more. Down an adjoining hall, the warrior king chose an elf from his supplicence and brought him to kneel at his throne. When the night rose, the king kissed his forehead, leaving behind a twisting red knot that radiated blackness across the knight's skull. The dark elf rode into battle for his king, and at the end of the hallway, the victorious knight returned to present the throne with the severed heads of its enemies. At the door beside it, this bloody triumph, Laren's new master set her back on her torn feet. The elf rapped at the door and nudged her forward when it opened, following close behind. Don't bleed on the carpet, he advised, and Laren shuffled up to a wide desk stacked with ancient tombs and scrolls. Behind the desk sat a stringing, dark-haired man, who leveled his piercing gaze at her. Another blonde virgin for your collection, my lord baron, intoned the elf. Third off the block at Port Donna, like you said. As the Baron rose to circle his desk, Laren scanned the parchment and scrapes saw the vellum littering its surface. Though the mares had taught her to read in several languages, she couldn't make out any of the writing until the graceful curves of the mare script caught her eye. The second flatters, the third prevails, she reads. Then back into his grasp she sails, and on into his realm she wails. When Gollum's work is long since done, a soft knock at the door seized Laren's attention, and the Baron waved it open to reveal a woman with her head bowed, through the pale hair falling over the girl's face. Laren glimpsed a pair of thin gouges running from her temple to her jaw, shining black and bloodless against the fates of brown of the surrounding flesh. Terra lanced through Laren, and she watched the slave's jaw rattling breath, stammering in a voice like trampled thrush. My lord, they've arrived, sir. Despite the strange language, Laren understood the Baron's bark of insidious glee, and after waving the slave away, he grabbed Laren's chin, forcing her to look up from the girl clutching her face as she fled. The masters are here to review our latest batch, he informed the elf over Laren's shoulder, appraising her features with hawkish gold eyes. I can feel something in this one. Hi, sir. It's her. I know it. Let us hope so, my lord Baron obliged the elf from his post by the door. Caressing Laren's jaw with two long fingers, the Baron murmured, You will make the fifth, you know. The time has come to remake the world. When it became apparent, he waited a response. She hazarded, Munafawe natu ratiki nayelu? It was an innocent enough question, and though she didn't expect him to understand, she hoped the submissive tone conveyed her meaning well enough. She sounds Kenaten, observed the Baron, recognizing her dialect. We'll present her to the masters first, 
He pushed her toward the door, and she stumbled forward, twining nervous fingers around the lead until the end of it wound up in her palms. Laren launched into action before her thoughts could betray her. A loud crunch met her ears and she bolted, heel throbbing from where it slammed into the side of the elf's knee. Shrieking, he snatched at her elbow, but she wrenched away with a sickening pop and raced back up the hall. Why didn't you see that coming? howled the Baron, leaping over the elf, floundering in the doorway. Laren turned the corner, clutching her bound hands together to support her useless arm. She only hoped the elf's injuries would be enough to block his concentration. No magic could work without focus, and pain was one of the best distractions. Hey guys, Mystic here. Help support the podcast with monthly donations. Reviewing novels is a highlight of my life, and I adore all of your novels and comments. Help us keep the podcast alive and to help pay our wonderful team of editors and voice actors. Till next time, catch you guys later. for helping me bring this story to life. Now, onto awakening notes. Now this is how fantasy works. The world the author has made is amazing. Like how you describe and write about it, the story structure is simply good. It's great. This world is nothing like our world, and I was so grateful for the map outlines and extras that the author had sent me. It made the world and the characters in it seem so much realer. More real. Whatever, don't come for me, grammatic people. <laughs> it drew me in more and more as I continued to read it. I haven't felt this way about a fantasy book in a long time. Characters, how well-rounded you made them, a perfect balance of realism that was established in making these characters. Fleshing them out with their characterizations, personality, their language, your details are phenomenal and beautiful as it's so poetic and smooth. Your writing style is beautiful and something fictional, it felt real, medieval and fantasy intertwined definitely brings forth the best of any imagination the story was from one place to another but well paced and easy to follow to be honest your works are nothing short of pure art keep up good structure no grammar errors that i saw (laughs) thank you all for joining me for this mystical mode if you have made it this far you are amazing and i have no idea how you listen to my voice every time (laughs) come back next week we post every wednesday and friday i hope to see you next time on this mystical mode see ya